Welcome to EAC Speaks, the podcast where we dive deep into the movement to end the HIV epidemic right here in the heart of the South, Arkansas. I'm your host, Eddie Wiley, and together we're going to explore the stories, insights, and passion that fuels engaging Arkansas community's mission. Join us on this journey as we unite voices and take meaningful steps toward a world free of HIV stigma. Now, get ready for a conversation that matters. This is EAC Speaks. Hello, hello, hello out there in podcast land. It's Eddie, the host of EAC Speaks, and I'm super excited to bring you all a brand spanking new episode featuring a familiar voice. Everybody in podcast land, give it up for Kimberly. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Hey, Kimberly. What's been going on since the last time we talked? Oh, I've been doing some more testing and getting out there and sharing my story and being undetectable and getting education out there. I love that. So can you just introduce yourself and tell the little folks, tell the folks a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Kimberly Nail. I am 39. I'm a community health worker with Engaging Arkansas Communities. I help do HIV STI testing. Yeah. Cool. And speaking of testing, I heard there's some milestone to celebrate. Yes, we have tested 2,000, probably over 2,000, I'm for sure. But we have tested 2,000 people in Arkansas already. That's amazing. Yes, shout out to the work of the community health workers and the entire EAC team. You all are doing some amazing work. So tell me a little bit about what um, what were some of the successes that you had in testing so many people this year? I... I think the success really comes from the fact that you get a rapid result. I think more people are interested uh, if they know they're going to get an answer fairly quickly and not have to wait around on it. Oh, that's cool. I think that rapid um, rapid time for testing is definitely a key factor for folks because it's no longer the days where you have to wait weeks or even days at a time. You can get a result immediately not immediately but within a close amount of time so as a community health worker talk to me about your day-to-day activities what are you doing like a day-to-day uh day-to-day i'm reaching out uh finding places to go test at finding places that we can just do some sexual health education classes i help hand out condoms and makeup condom bags we have a um, free resource for condoms. It, it's really, really good for people that don't have it because condoms are expensive these days. Um, I work on test forms and putting stuff into the CDC website and pretty much anything involving testing. I've got some small part in. Okay. So we can shout out to you, Kimberly, for part of the success in reaching that 2,000, over 2,000 milestones. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we know you went out there hitting the ground. (laughs) So tell me, what motivated you to become a community health worker and how was the work personally impacted for you? I wanted to be, well, first, I didn't know that what I wanted to do had a name, community health worker. Um, And when I got my training and found out and all that, I, I love the fact that I can relate to a lot of people. I have a drug history background. I have a 
HIV. I'm HIV positive, so I can relate with that. Um, and I, I, I feel like I bring a more personal touch to, to the public when they're, when we're out there testing. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's really important for people um, living with HIV like us to be in the field. So I think that's a level of, like you said, a personal factor that most folks um, may not get. So engaging Arkansas communities is definitely um, doing it in the field of hiring people of the community to help the folks in the community. So absolutely. Now let's talk about some of the challenges. We talk about all of the nice things, but what are some of the challenges that you face in your role and how do you typically address them? The challenges I face, um, sometimes when people get a diagnosis and it's their first time finding out, you know, they haven't been told before and all that, um, they don't want to get into treatment. They'll be in denial. But we, we help link them to treatment uh, and follow up. And, you know, that's on them if they don't want to get treatment. But we do everything in our power to make sure that they are getting seen and treated so that we can prevent HIV and other STIs. Okay. And on a positive note, tell me, what are some of the most rewarding aspects of being a community health worker? Probably the most rewarding is making those one-on-one -on -one connections with people, um, similarities and differences set aside, just being there and being educational and honest and upfront about STDs and STIs and HIV and, and what, what can be done. So how do you engage with your local community? I know you go out to health fairs, to churches, all types of events. So what are some of the things that help you in building those relationships? I uh, tested actually at a Christian rehab this morning, a women's Christian rehab this morning. Um, and we do public events such as pride testing at um, people can come into our offices. So it really doesn't matter what is going on as long as we have space to do a test then we're going to test. And so what makes like a good location? Is it where the people are? Is it the amount of folks that come through? What makes a good location for testing? Um, probably from my experience, a, a good location is going to have some space somewhere for to give a diagnosis, uh, to give results, because we do have to follow HIPAA laws. Um, and just having enough area, basically, to, to test and have all the supplies you needed. Yeah. And like you said, a private area helps decrease that um, stigma that folks may face. So what are some of the other things that you do to kind of combat stigma in Arkansas? Absolutely. I... I have faced stigma being HIV positive. I have faced stigma just being a community health worker in general. Um, and it's stigma comes from lack of education and ignorance. And I know ignorance is not a very nice word, but it's the truth. Um, and so we, we really have to get out there and educate and let people know that it's not just certain categories of people that 
if you are sexually active, you are at risk for HIV and other STIs. Yeah, so fighting that stigma, spreading awareness, being boots on the ground are definitely important things that I love that I say y'all, but I mean we at EAC get to do. So um, tell me about like a, a success story and maybe you change someone's mind about maybe a way that there could be transmitted or maybe you help someone feel better on a low day. Tell me about a success story that you've had. I, one of my biggest pet peeves is when we go somewhere to do testing and someone says, oh, they're going to tell us if we've got AIDS. No, no, that's not really what is happening. Um, and so my favorite part, one of my favorite parts is, is the education aspect um, that a person can have an AIDS diagnosis and still live a happy, healthy life. Um, and that, that stigma around AIDS and it, it, I just really, I really get passionate about separating the difference between HIV and AIDS and the words that we use to communicate. Mm -hmm. I think language matters. We talk a lot about person first language um, in the field. And I think that gives us a humanistic or human level of the work that we do, because we have to remember that there is the H stands for human in HIV. So a lot of times we don't always get to know that we see statistics, we hear different stories, but um, being able to humanize what it is is really important. So that's great. Now, um, talk to me about some of the, uh, we're talking about treatment now. What are some of the common barriers that people face when they're trying to access HIV treatment and how do you help to overcome those barriers? One of the common barriers I have seen um, is that HIV medication, there are categories and classes of it. And if you're not, um, if you're not maintaining your medicine in you, you know, like if you're not taking your medicine like you're supposed to, then you're not going to be undetectable or get to and stay undetectable. So you could be HIV positive and somewhat on treatment, but still be able to pass it on. Um, and so I think the treatment part, just really letting people know that it's a single day. Most, most HIV treatment is one pill a day. And that's as simple as setting a phone reminder. Yeah. Some of those things, like you said, as simple as setting a phone reminder. We don't always think about how much access we have to things that can really make our lives more simple. So it's important to have community health workers um, in the areas. And I love that um, the CHWs are spread across the state because as we know, the state looks different from region to region. So that's important to have as well. Now, we also know that there are like different technological advancements and technology plays a big role 
in recruitment, education, as well as communicating things like appointments. So how has technology played a role in your work, especially in reaching and supporting folks in the community? We have a transportation program for people that do test positive for HIV. If they need help getting to their appointments, we will take them. Um, and so as far as the technology aspect goes, just talking to the clients, making sure that they get their, get their appointments scheduled and that we get them to those appointments. Um, some of our clients are regulars and so they have their preferences to drivers and, and things like that. But our, our main, our main thing with the technology is, is communication and, and keeping everybody in care and getting them in care if they're not already. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about the importance of folks being in care. Getting and staying in care is important to get to that undetectable status to where the HIV is so low in your blood that it cannot be detected, cannot be detected by modern science. And that that is a real thing that can happen. I am undetectable. Um, and so the technology for that and, and the technology for the medication, just one pill a day and all that, like it's really improving. I love that. And what's also improved are those support services. So people um, can access things, like you said, the transportation services. What are some of the other support services that you know of or that you may offer? Um, I know about a couple of different HIV support groups on Facebook. Um, I'm in an HIV support group on Discord that I'm all the time telling people about EAC and what we do. Um, so just really getting that name out there um, helps a lot. I love that. Getting the name out, spreading the awareness. So how would you say people can get involved with these kind of community efforts that relates to HIV awareness and prevention? We would love to have volunteers help us at events. Um, they, they might not be able to do the actual testing, but helping people fill out forms um, and things like that, like volunteers are, are always needed and welcomed. Um, and as far as what anyone else um, can do or will do, we can send at-home tests. Um, so if someone misses an event that we're at, they can go on our website and request us a test sent to their house. Yes, making it easy for people. Like we said, ease and access is what we definitely need. We know that community health workers is not a new thing, but... Where do you see community health workers going? Do you think it's going to be a ever evolving thing? Will it be something that you would like to see continue? Oh, absolutely. Community health workers are really the, I, I would call them the, the infantry of what we do in the HIV STI field. Um, Cause we are the ones on the ground meeting the people and testing the people. But you also, you can't forget about the behind the scenes. Everyone has a role. Yes, I, I'm a huge advocate for folks finding their lane, finding the things that work for them and actually doing it. Because like you said, um, you don't have to be the one out there lobbying or out there at Pride, you can be the one making donations. You can make yes. signs. You can do anything. Yes. 
support and advocacy come in many different shapes and forms. So tell me a little bit about um, some things for maybe next year. We've reached 2000 tests. Is there anything else that you want to be like, I'm going to blow this out the water? I would like to see more testing. I would like to, I, I know I don't, we don't get to really follow up with some of the clients that do do test reactive, um, but some do stay in communication with us. And I, I like to see that we have people in care that we are providing resources and people are using the resources. Absolutely. It's always good to know that what you're doing is actually helping. So I love that we do get to see some folks, but like you said, everyone gets to go on and they do their wonderful things and continue to live and thrive. Um, I remember being a linkage navigator. So we just got to see the beginning part and help them on their journey. And then it's like, well, damn, where did they go? But yes. you see them thriving all over the place. Yes. <laughs> We're going to wrap up the episode, but I want to talk about you. As a community health worker, it can be kind of taxing. Um, also being a person living with HIV and working in the field, what are some of the things you do in order to kind of balance or have a work-life balance? Um, so a work-life balance for me looks like if, as a community health worker, I have non-traditional work hours and, and that allows me to handle my at-home life and my work life and have a pretty good balance. Engaging Arkansas communities is the most amazing place to work. Um, and being HIV positive, I feel I am supported here and I feel that I can support others. I love that. So not only supporting other folks, but getting support from your agency. I think it's really important because it's good to prevent. That's one way to prevent burnout because it's easy to get so involved with our clients to get so involved with the work that we forget that we're actually people too. So I'm glad that you get that support because Danny is awesome. Bobby is awesome. Jeff is awesome. Aaron is awesome. Everybody's just flipping awesome. Okay. <laughs> Everybody is awesome. And it, we're like one big family, you know, it's, we're not just here to do the work and go home. We're, we're here for each other That's and awesome. for our clients. That's cool. So where can people find you if they want to reach out to you, Kimberly? We are located uh, here in Little Rock at 6917, that's 6917 Geyer Springs Road, Suite 5N here in Little Rock. Uh, you can reach us 844-754-EPIC, E-P-I-C. Uh, I'll throw out my number. My number is 870-450-1145. You can definitely get in touch with me. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to get you tested. I love that. So everybody just rewind a little bit. All you got to do is rewind, get that number, get that address. And you can also check out engagingarkansas.org. For any information, if you want to hit us up via email or the contact us page, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, definitely hit us up. Now, Kim, do you have any, uh, we won't say, we'll say parting remarks for the audience. Tell us, what are some parting thoughts you have? Um, my parting thoughts would be don't think it can't happen to you and always protect yourself. Use condoms, use PrEP, use PEP. 
and stay educated and stay on top of your health. Awesome. Well, Kimberly, this has been awesome. Thank you for being a guest again on EAC Speaks and congratulations again on your awesome milestone. Thank you. So until next time, it's Eddie. Say ciao, Kimberly. Bye. Thank you all. Stay tuned for the next episode of EAC Speaks. Make sure you check out our website, check out the events that are coming up, and definitely get you some of the services that we offer because we got them on the display for y'all. Whatever you need, we probably got it or we know who got it.